This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. قال رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقه قولي رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقه قولي is my favorite dua in the Quran i say it pretty much every time i give a dars on the Quran alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in today inshallah ta'ala we'll talk about the dua of Musa alayhi salam when Allah spoke to him on the mountain and asked him to address the Pharaoh. But when Allah told him this instruction, before he gave him this, after he gave him this instruction, Allah told Musa salam to throw his, his stick onto the ground, and it turned into a snake. And Musa salam was terrified. And Allah while he was terrified, asked him, خُذْهَا وَلَا تَخَفْ Grab it and don't be scared. So then this is how Allah taught Musa salam that the stick is actually, the staff is actually one of the miracles Allah is giving him. The other was the hand. So Allah shows him these miracles and then says, لِنُرِيَكَ مِنْ آيَاتِنَا الْكُبْرَى I gave all of these to you so I can show you some of my greatest miracles so you can show them to the Pharaoh. إِذْهَبِ إِلَى فِرْعَوْنَ إِنَّهُ تَغَى Go to the Pharaoh, he certainly has rebelled. The reason I'm bringing this up before I talk about the dua is that Allah didn't just tell Musa to go and speak to the Pharaoh, He gave him some of the most incredible miracles that have ever been given. And empowered him with that, and then said, "Now your job is essentially your job has been made easy. Now you can go." But Musa salam understood that the real mission is not to throw a stick onto the ground and it's going to turn into a snake. Anybody can do that. The real reason he's been chosen is that he has to speak to Fir'aun. He has to clarify the message to Fir'aun. That is the purpose of a messenger, alayhi salam. The real the real job is what he has to he has to do, not what Allah will do. Allah will do, he, he's not going to turn the stick into a snake. That's what Allah is going to do. But his responsibility is not removed in any way, shape, or form. And so, uh, by, con- by, by parallel, I want to remind myself, of course, we all believe Qur'an is the word of Allah and the Qur'an is the miracle. It's not only the message of Allah, it's also the miracle of Allah. But just handing somebody a pamphlet that says, here's something about the Qur'an, or you know, our, our da'wah efforts, where, here, watch this video, and this video has done the job. Or you know, something else is going to do the job for us. Uh, you know, that's one part of g- delivering the message. The, other, the more important part is, what are you going to communicate? How are you going to carry yourself when you present the message of Islam to your family, to a non-Muslim, anybody? It's actually our job that's the hardest part. In any case, he has to speak to one of the toughest audiences ever. He has to speak to Fir'aun, who's a, you know, the, a world-renowned politician, the most powerful man on earth at the time. And he has to confront him. And Musa salam needs some personal strength and the first personal strength he asks for is Rabbi Shrahli Sadri. Master, expand my chest for me. For me especially, expand my chest. This means a few things. One, you, you remember before we learned that he gets angry and his tongue doesn't move and he's, he's asking Allah, Ya Allah, keep me calm. When your chest is expanded, actually means you're not nervous, you're not anxious, you're not disturbed, you, you, didn't, you didn't get bothered, you didn't get agitated because when those things happen, you don't know how to speak clearly. Ya Allah, keep me calm, is one of the meanings of Rabbi Shrahli Sadri. The other is, keep me brave, don't let me get nervous, don't let me get intimidated. Of course, they know, all of those people in Egypt, they're going to say, you're a murderer, you ran away from this place, 
the cops were looking for you and now you're going to tell us about what's right and wrong? Who are you to speak? So they could potentially humiliate him and make fun of him or even arrest him. And he says, Ya Allah, don't let that, that nervousness get to me. Sometimes we have a massive task in front of us that's intimidating us. And we don't know how to handle that task. And it's actually this powerful dua, Rabbi Shrahli Sadri, Ya Allah, keep my chest expanded, meaning keep me calm. You know, tightness of chest, even doctors will tell you, like tightness of chest is when you can't breathe properly. And they ask you to take a deep breath, like you're, and you're, you're at ease. And so he's asking Allah Azza wa for that state of comfort, even in face of the most difficult challenge. That's the most important part. And actually what's beautiful about this dua also, before I tell you any further is, before anything you have to do, it's actually the state of your heart that matters first. If, the, if your heart's not in the right place, whatever you're going to do won't matter much. The Arab says, what comes out of the heart goes into other hearts. So the, the work we do, the service we do, the, the tasks we're going to take on, none of them will mean anything if our heart is not in the right place. And so he asks first for his heart to be in the right place. This is a gift Allah gave to our Messenger when he said to him, Alam nashrah laka sadrak. Same words. Didn't we expand your chest for you? Didn't we give you comfort, ease? And this is, he was given this by way of the revelation coming by way of Qur'an coming. And so, by connecting those two phrases of the Qur'an, we learn something about ourselves. When we ask Allah to expand our heart, when we, Musa salam asked in his context, but when inspired by that, when we ask Allah to expand our heart, give us calm, give us ease, remove our anxiety, get our nervousness, remove our nervousness, all of those things, if we ask Allah, we're actually asking Allah for more and more and more of the Qur'an to be in our hearts. Because that is how Allah expanded the chest of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So this is, this is actually the, the connection between these two du'as. The du'a of Musa Alayhi and the expression Allah gave to his Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, didn't we expand your chest for you? وَوَضَعْنَا عَنْكَ وِزْرَكَ And we removed the burden off your back. You know this ayah some say about the Prophet Sallallahu was about when revelation wouldn't come and he would feel burdened. You know it's crazy when Muslims think that learning the Qur'an is a burden. Like, I gotta learn so much or... I, I, I don't want to know because once I know I'll be responsible. I don't want that heavy burden on me. It's, we reverse engineered the whole thing. The, the purpose of revelation is to remove your burden. It's to actually make life easy for you. Allah intends that He lighten your burden for you. So may Allah Azza wa expand our chest by way of His enlightening word. That's the first thing that I wanted to remind myself and you of. The second is He asks after that, amri And make my task easy for me. Make my task easy for me. It's another profound statement from uh, Musa salam. Why? Because he's acknowledging that nothing is easy unless Allah makes it easy. No task is easy unless Allah makes it easy. And the, the most difficult task, go talk to Fir'aun. And I remind you, when Allah says go talk to Fir'aun, he doesn't just have to go into Egypt, he has to go through to Egypt, which is a police state, and he has to get through all of the streets and corners, and he has to go to the most secure building, the Pentagon of that time, and he has to somehow make his way through the most secure building into the Oval Office of the time and then talk to Fir'aun. Fir'aun's not sitting at a bus stop somewhere. Fir'aun is sitting in the most powerful, secure building on earth at the time. And he has to make it there before he can open his mouth and they want to kill him before, you know, on sight. How is he going to get there? And this seems impossible. And so he tells Allah, Ya Allah, from a logical point of view, all of this is impossible. The only one who can make this easy is you. وَيَسِّرْ لِي أَمْرِي 
And this is the incredible faith Allah inspired through Musa السلام, and all of us. Whatever task lies in front of you, whatever, whatever job you've decided that you're going to do, whatever service for the sake of Allah you're going to do, whatever good you're going to do, however impossible it seems, no matter how insurmountable the obstacles seem, there's one dua that shatters those obstacles and that's وَيَسِّرْ لِي amri. And Allah is telling us something incredible here, that if your chest is at ease, if your chest is full of light, then Allah will make things easy. That comes first. When the heart is in the right place, then everything else becomes easy. Which is why I remind you, all of these du'as are thematically connected. Even the du'a of Ibrahim salam from before, is connected to this. You know, he told Allah, nothing will matter except a sound, a healthy heart. And Allah tells about him, about Ibrahim salam, when he came to his master with a, with a calm heart. Another expression for that calm, safe and sound heart is sharh uh, al-sadr. It's an open chest, expanded chest. Why is that important? Because Ibrahim salam, is being thrown into a fire and he's calm. He's being told to slaughter his child and he's calm. You know, he's, he's, putting him, he's being put in most, the most impossible positions and he remains intact because his heart is in the right place. And that is what Musa salam, is asking for. رَبِّ شَحْلِ صَدْرِ وَيَسِّرْ لِي أَمْرِي And then he gets to the third part. He acknowledges within him, yes, there are lots of difficulties, but there's one particular difficulty of all the difficulties that has to do with my own weaknesses. You see, if he gets killed on the streets by the police, that's not, a, that's not under his control. Life and death is in Allah's hands. That, he can't control that. But if he makes it all the way to the Pharaoh, and he has to speak, and he's not able to say the right words, or he's not able to pronounce because of his stutter, that's his personal weakness. So of all of the difficulties, you know when you ask Allah for help, there are things out of your control, and there are things within your control. First you ask Allah, make everything easy. Whatever is under my control and whatever is not under my control. But then you acknowledge, take a good stock of yourself and think about yourself, what is it that is my personal weakness? Where do I have the chance of failing? Or where do I have the chance of not meeting expectations that Allah has of me? You know that for yourself, I know that for myself. You know, my weaknesses are not yours, your weaknesses are not mine. This is بَلِلْ insanu ala nafsihi basira. A human being has good view, full view of their own selves. Everybody knows exactly where their weaknesses lie. Musa salam recognizes his own particular weakness, which was speech. And so he says to Allah, وَحْلُلْ عُقْدَةً مِنْ لِسَانِ Untie the knot that is afflicting my tongue. So what, what in the world does that mean? It means a few things. Of course, most literally, he had a stutter. And if he gets nervous or agitated or aggravated, his stutter is going to get worse. He won't be able to speak. Of course, he's already solved that problem in the dua. If his chest remains calm, he won't get upset. And if he won't get upset, he'll be able to speak clearly. The, ta- the task will become easy for him. That's, so they're connected in that sense too. But there are other implications of this dua. min You know, uqda in Arabic is a knot jumbled up. Like if you have cables in a drawer, like lots of different kinds of cables, and you're like, where's the end? And you're trying to undo the whole mess, right? Or if you have, not, you know, the, the, the youth here don't remember any of this, but you know, back in the day when you had a cassette tape and it went bad, and you had to do the pencil thing, and then you had this uqda, right? <laughs> so the idea, yes, I'm old. So, <laughs> so, but the idea of undoing a jumble. And when you, you know, when you see a knot like that, a mess like that, you don't know how long this thing is, you don't know where the beginning is, you don't know where the end is, it's confusion. The knot is actually a representation of confusion. When you undo the knot, what happens? Things become clear. This is where the beginning is, this is where the end is, this is how long it is. You understand? 
the idea of untying a knot is actually going from confusion to clarity also. Something that was confusing becomes clear. He's saying to Allah Azza wa Jal, Ya Allah, not only let me pronounce things clearly, but when I present my ideas, when I have to communicate my message, then there should be a clear beginning, middle and end. It shouldn't be jumbled speech all over the place like a knot. Because you know when someone gets nervous or upset or they get excited in the moment, they start saying all kinds of nonsense. And at the end of it all, when they get off the stage, they're like, I don't know what just happened. Well, and even the audience is like, that was, that was, I think he said something about something. You know, but it was all over the place. It wasn't organized, it wasn't systematic. And that happens when a person becomes nervous or upset or anything else. I know that about myself, if I'm not in a good mood or if I'm, if I'm upset about something, my speech even at home or among friends or even if I put a mic, it'll be all over the place. It won't be coherent. So he's asking Allah Azza wa Jal, Ya Allah, make, I, I want to make sure that my speech stays on point. It doesn't become a you know, jumbled knot. Those of you that have to do presentations at work, they have to share a message with family, you have to go talk to somebody, you have to go talk to your uncle, and it's going to be a hard conversation. You have to go talk to your husband or wife about some difficult subject, and as soon as they start getting upset, your speech becomes a bunch of jumbles. Well, this is the right dua to make. Keep, the, keep my tongue untied, you know, my knots untied. Let me speak clearly. Let me get my point across as it's supposed to get across. Yafqahu qawli. And this is the final bit that is, you know, it's, it's a jawabu talab. What's called in grammar a jawabu talab, and we'll conclude with that. And that is so that they may deeply understand what I'm saying. In other words, the purpose of my speech is to get my point across. To make sure that the one I'm speaking to truly understands what I'm going to say. In other words, you know, when I study, just to give you a personal example, when I study, I'm studying tafsir, I'm studying tafsir at-tahrir wa ibn Ashur rahimahullah, or I'm studying Fakhruddin al-Razi, or I'm studying Ibn Kathir rahimahullah, or I'm studying one of these mufassirun, and they're dis- or Qurtubi, and they're d- discussing this ayah, and what the Sahabi said, and what this one said, and what this one said, and what the grammar is, and what the vocabulary is, and all of that. But when I put this on, I don't tell you what I read. I, I don't tell you what I read, because my purpose is to speak to you in a way that you'll understand not to tell you what I understand. Because I have a certain background. Some of you here have no knowledge of the Arabic language, and that's okay. That's not your headache, that's my headache. Right? I have to do that. But then once I learn something, then I cannot speak from my point of view. I have to try to understand the audience's point of view. This is an important thing for us to learn. When you're going to speak to an elder, try to think about what their point of view is first before you speak. What are their concerns? What are they worried about? What upsets them? Don't just speak from your angle, because your angle may not be understandable to them. يَفْقَهُ قَوْلِي So they understand what I'm saying. The language you use, the tone you use, even the, the speech that you decide to give, what's the beginning, what's the middle, what's the end, should be determined by who is it that you're talking to. خَاطِبُ النَّاسِ عَلَىٰ قَدْرِ عُقُولِهِمْ Address people according to their levels, according to their backgrounds. This is the munasabah of speech, the appropriateness of speech. And so this is a very important principle that Musa salam is asking that, Ya Allah, I want to remain cognizant, aware of, of the fact that I'm speaking in this place. You know, if you take a step back and, and, and ponder this for a moment, Musa salam knew multiple languages. Musa salam was raised, you know, uh, his mother is of course from Banu Israel, so he, he speaks Hebrew. He's, he's raised in the, the, the palace of the Pharaoh where they speak Egyptian, the ancient Egyptian language. And then he, he ran away and he ended up where? In Madian. And Madian is Arab land. So he learned what? Arabic. So he's like 
at least three languages. And every language has its own expressions, its own culture, its own literature, its own way of communicating. Something is funny in one language and offensive in the other. That happens. Now when he's coming back after years, he's going to talk to the Pharaoh. He's not going to talk to him in Arabic, guys. And he's not going to talk to him in Hebrew. He's going to talk to Pharaoh in Pharaoh's language, you understand? So he's going to, and he hasn't been practicing that language for a while. So he's actually going to, he's asking Allah to be in the right state, to be able to speak to him in a way that will resonate with him and the audience around him. This is a profound, profound thing that Musa salam asks, and this is something we should take into consideration when we communicate in any matter, not just when you have to give a speech and you don't look at this dua and then say, you know, I'm going to speak to my father-in-law today, might as well look at how he spoke to Fir'aun because he reminds me of Fir'aun. No, no, no. You don't have to have a Fir'aun to use this dua. Anytime you have to communicate something clearly, رَبِّ شَحْلِ صَدْرِ وَيَسِّرْ لِي أَمْرِ وَحْلُّ الْعُقْدَةً مِّنْ لِسَانِ يَفْقَهُ قَوْلِي it's a, it's a beautiful dua to learn. I, I actually, I've, my 20 years of trying to speak and, and teach something about Qur'an, I've taken advantage of this dua virtually every time I've, I've spoken. Why? Because I know the first time I tried to speak, um, I didn't make this dua. <laughs> my teacher asked me to make this dua before I speak, and I didn't. And I gave a khutbah. And I remember I was holding the paper like this, and the, the words on the paper flew off. And the, the khutbah ended, and it was the most horrible experience, not just for me. I was sweating in the winter. I remember that. And the people even were like... And then when the salah was done, people came up to you, you know, people come up to, me, to you and like say salam to the khatib and stuff. People came to me for ta'ziyah, like condolences. It's okay. It's okay. Like this is... <laughs> And so the idea is that regardless of the situation you find yourself, take advantage of this beautiful dua and may Allah Azza through this dua make our tasks easy for us, give us calmness of heart first, make our tasks easy for us, and also make us effective communicators. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim wa nafa'ani wa iyyakum bil ayat wa dhikr al-Hakim. I forgot to mention the, the, this, the reference for this, these ayat. This is Surah Taha, Surah number 20. And these ayat you will find, ayah number 25 onwards. Ayat 25 onwards, this is a short number of ayat, easy to memorize, inshallah ta'ala, or at least put on your fridge if you're Pakistani. Okay, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.